As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to another edition of Warriors Plus Minus. This is the one they was waiting for. Fresh off. An intense loss to the team that Tim Kawakami says is going to beat them in the playoffs. Mark it down. I mean, ju- judging by the reaction. Don't mark it down. Yeah, I sense some uh, ne- some nervousness among the Warriors fans on this one. No, no, no. We beat them full strength. We beat them. We'll, we'll beat them. So, yeah, just like you beat them with Draymond at the end of last season, I don't recall that. It's a tough team for the Warriors. Memphis is just a tough team. They didn't have Steven Adams. They didn't have Dylan Brooks. I like that team. I've always I think that, that might have helped them. I know. Uh, some some Adams will try to argue them. that. But, yeah, it's just another depth. It's another piece. And it's not like Xavier Tillman was lighting them up either. But they're a very, very, like, you know, tough-minded team. It's just cliche. But I don't think the Warriors want to see them in the playoffs. I think the Warriors would beat them. But I don't think the Warriors want to see them. They're just, they're just, they make the Warriors pay for their mistakes. And as we've seen from the Warriors, they make a lot of mistakes. that They do. I think they don't want to see them early. I think they wouldn't mind if somehow Memphis made yeah, it to the Yeah, Western I mean, we're five, talking five, about like five. if it's a second, first or second round match. First yeah, round. Would, I don't think yeah. they'd like to see it very much. They force turnovers, right? They're long, active, physical. I think there are certain kinds of offenses that score against them. But we know. like The if Warriors can, one ain't it. <laughs> yeah, if you could turn the Warriors over, two things. Like, number one, obviously, like, you know, you're, you're affecting their offense. But also you're getting out in transition. You know, how many transition alley-oops did Memphis have last night? And, like, the Warriors are the top half-court defense. You know, if they're set in a one-on-one possession, where especially if Draymond's there, you like their odds of getting a stop against Memphis. But if John Moran is just flying down the court and they got all those young athletes because they're getting loose ball turnovers and three-on-twos, you know, they're going to score enough to beat the Warriors. And, and to me, that's what happened. It was it was 20 to zero in points off turnovers in the first half. Live ball turnovers. Live, yeah, they live ball turnovers. They're just really good at that. And the Warriors are not good at they avoiding them. I'm almost finished with uh, with my piece. I didn't, I didn't finish it last night. But I don't think that's why they lost. 
I think there's a a bigger thing. All those turnovers, right? They had 17 turnovers and tw- points of turnovers. All that was in the first three quarters, and they entered the first qu- fourth quarter winning. The problem to me is just their offense. It's, it's just really what it is. Uh, they they can't they couldn't score when they needed to score. Now that to me is the problem Memphis gives them. Like in in a setting where they need a bucket, a, a long athletic defense, they just muck up the Warriors' motion offense. Right? You gotta make every entry pass. You gotta like you know fake before you pass and cut back door. Their style of defense is is pretty you know. It's a, it's a bit of kryptonite for how the Warriors like to run offense, especially late game offense. The interesting part, though, I don't even think they were they weren't even doing the traditional take Steph Curry away last night. They were leaving him alone one on one with Zaire Williams like that. They, they were just like, all right, Zaire, you guard him. So to me, that was the thing. It was fourth quarter offense. They had one turnover in the fourth quarter. Memphis only took one more shot. They were ahead. They had a chance to win the game, and they couldn't score. They had 18 points in the fourth quarter. Like, we know we know, turnovers is their thing, but to me, the offense was the was the thing that stood out to me. How can they get a bucket against, against a defense like that when they need one? That's all their losses. All their losses are the, are the same issue. But you know what's weird? Uh, they kind of have an answer that is emerging. Clay Thompson looks really good offensively. Quindary Witherspoon. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> no, Clay looked. I thought Clay looked uh, better. I thought he was fine in Game One. I only watched it uh, on DVR, so I couldn't get the real feel the impact. And maybe we can talk a little bit about that. I know you did the all eighty two afterwards, but I thought he looked better last night. I thought he looked definitely like defensively there was more there, and the dribble, you know, put your foot in the ground, lean back, fade away, Jay. Like, there's stuff there that is really, really, like, developing for him. He's self-creating. And, you know, you mentioned that getting buckets late. I thought the best their offense looked was that, you know, they waited to put Clay in until, like, probably, like, 440 left in the fourth. And then he controlled the offense down the stretch. He got a mid-range jumper. He got himself to the line on, like, kind of a hard drive into traffic. He had a really nice pass to Gary Payton for a dunk. You guys remember that play in transition? And then he had a sidestep three that would have been, huge he missed it but i mean it's the exact shot you want from clay thompson it's too early to say he's played 40 minutes but i'm just like man like i do think some of their offensive troubles are going to be alleviated by the fact that not only does he look like you know he can obviously he's going to hit a bunch of shots spotting up he is doing a lot off the dribble one thing i also point out is i mean he's looking good the defense still is all towards Steph. It's all like you thought maybe, okay, because Clay's over there, they can't just follow Steph all over the court. Essentially have two guys, you know, tracking them all the way through. That's still happening. And I, you know, we can talk about Steph's continued shooting problems, but like, he just can't get in their groove. He just can't get that easy look. And then when he gets one, he's like surprised and he misses that one too. But I think that Clay is going to start hitting some shots and that's going to change the floor, uh, you know, the balance of the floor. I thought that there's another game. I thought Wiseman would have been really important for the Warriors to have in there. Uh, this was not an A-plus Kevon Looney game. It was absolutely not an A-plus Kevon Looney. He's at him. This one was not it. They just need other guys that defenses are like, oh, my God, we got to worry about this guy. And they don't have a ton of them. You, you know, Jordan Poole, you know, that was a bad game. He's had a bunch of bad games now. Uh, you know, they're just like they need somebody else. To go find a bucket doesn't have to be ISO, you know, it, it doesn't have to be strictly run and play for them, but just go get somebody, 
Yeah, go get something off at action where the de you know where you're not getting a layup because of Steph because that doesn't happen every time and they're having some issues with that and they and this is not the first time this is not the first loss because of it this is not the first time they've been they've had a struggle to a win again great team great season there are some clear things that they need to get better at uh, and, and the offensive production down the stretch somebody else to go get a bucket. When Steph isn't hot or isn't creating it all by I don't even think it's somebody else. Steph needs to go get the bucket. Like, they run plays for everybody but Steph. Last night it was confusing. He got by Zaire Williams every time. Every single time he just said, I'm taking him. But they're running like five pass sets to get the ball to the post on, on to Wiggins. It's like he's got a rookie guarding him. At some point, he's got to say, Give me the ball. I'm going to take him. Or they got to say, hey, let's run some action to get Steph in the matchup we want. I think it just out of like sheer habit, right? They the, it, the matchup they want is Steph on the big. They're trying to get the screen, get the big on Steph. And if they don't get that, they pass. But it, to me, it's like, yo, there's, I think he can take other people. <laughs> I don't think it's just, I don't think it has to be a big. Like you got Zaire on you, just take him. And they just don't do it. I guess stubbornness to stick to their offensive plan makes a lot less sense when Draymond is not there. I mean, because they're doing a lot of this offensive because like they want to utilize Draymond Green's strengths while somewhat masking his weaknesses. And last night, I mean, look, he tried to start JTA. That was like clearly a mistake. Um, he, you know, and I wrote about it. Gary Payton doesn't even get in the game to guard John Morant. So there's two minutes left in the first half. They clearly realize, oh, yeah, that's probably what we should have been doing all game. So he starts him in the second half. But, I mean, how much better was the start of the second half lineup looking with with Gary Payton out there to defensively hound and then you didn't have JTA who's hey, obviously like. If TK was still doing, well, no, you were doing the worst defender teams. It's crazy how good Gary yeah, Payton is on defense. Like, with Draymond, and he's not going to play, it doesn't sound like in Milwaukee or Chicago, there should be more you know, switch up of the offensive strategy. If you're putting JTA in there for Draymond, there's obviously some issues and you're putting GP2 for him. And who's the other initiator that, you know, you start becoming like, wait a minute now, there's just four guys standing around watching stuff. Now Clay's doing different things. They have to get that in there, but you know, Hey, you know how valuable I think GP2 is. He is so, he, he is a difference maker on the defensive end. Every single, it's hard to be a difference maker every single night on the defensive end. But you put him against the best defensive offensive player, then you're going to be able to be a difference maker every night. But, you know, he doesn't do much offensively. Like, he, he sits in the corner, sits on the wing. Yeah, he doesn't. No, TK. He, no, no, I'm, no, no, no. Initiate. Empty. Initiate. Oh, initiate, yeah. It's no, all he action initiate. off of. Action off of. That's great. You do need that. You're never going to say, okay, here we got to start the offense. GP2 with the balls in your hand. Start something. That's a whole other level. I'm not criticizing him. It's actually good because in this lineup where because the problem is when JTA's in there, they want him doing the Draymond stuff, which is some of the initiation, the DHO stuff. And like to me last night, like when GP2 came in, it helped the defense, but it also helped the offense because it was like they had to kind of have Steph. Yeah. Well, it, have he, he cuts great, obviously, and he is that an incredible too, yeah. finisher. And that's what's available, right? It, it's the stuff off of the action because two guys are jumping out on stuff. Three guys are tracking him. They're all looking at him as he's running through. And then you just, you're, you're, your guys looking at him. GP2 slips behind him. There he is. And he's such a great finisher. But you can't always get that. That's not always going to be there. It's become either Steph puts a shot up or they react to They get a bucket off of Steph's action. They don't have anyone. Okay, wait a minute. That didn't all work. 
10 seconds left, circle it back. We're on the left side, let's go do something. They don't have that thing. Again, it's it's a minor thing when your defense is this good and when you know, you're know you playing, you know, you've got so many versatile players. They just don't have that other action at this point. Obviously, Clay could be it. Jordan Poole, when he's really good, is that absolutely. They've got some other guys. They just don't have it. You know, There's been a series of games where they haven't had it, and last night was, was a big, big example of it. I think against teams like Memphis, and I think Milwaukee is one of those teams too, the Warriors like to break down defenses with passing and movement. But some of these defenses are good enough. They're athletic enough to recover. Like we saw Steph beat his guy and boom, Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark was there for the block. Like that. Some teams are just good at that. So you just like, I don't think you can just rely on that. You, you have to beat the defender by beating your man. Like bottom line, you just have to beat the defender by beating your man. And why Clay looks so good? Because Clay was doing it. He's, <laughs> like, he's better at that now than he was like. Yeah, four no years question. Ago. Like, Clay he, was obviously, doing it. That's what he's been doing, right? He's been doing so much individual work. And Poole couldn't do it. It was odd. He was like driving and then like kicking out. He didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, he's not finishing right now. Sometimes guys stuffs in a shooting slump. Jordan Poole was in a creation, you know, whatever we want to call it, but. I keep saying it. I say it over and over and over again. But they could go. They they do need someone to go get it to. And Wiseman theoretically, again in his own way. Kaminga, I think they got a guy, know, TK. Kaminga. I think they got a guy. <laughs> Who's his that? His name is Stephen Curry. Well, yeah. <laughs> they just don't use it. That they just don't use it. ISO though, you're saying strictly ISO because you know in the pick and roll he you gets, mix it he gets, up, he yeah, yeah. Him, but he gets two guys on him in the pick and roll, and that's why you the- telling me on any given point on the court there's five dudes who can guard Steph Curry, one on one. Just pick the one you want him to go against. Set the matchup, right? This is what this is what uh, Memphis did at the end, right? He he couldn't get a shot off on GP two, so they had Wiggins man screen for him, and he went one on one against Wiggins. Like you create the matchup you want. I mean, they, they could do it, and probably will do it more. It depends on the team, but like Memphis was really good at, at, at guarding all the off-ball stuff, and when Steph had that stretch where it was his best stretch, third quarter, uh, it was mostly. I, m- I remember him taking Zaire Williams, getting to a mid-range shot, obviously getting to the rim a little bit, uh, and even getting some threes off. He got fouled on a couple threes because remember when Steph had the layup where his shoe came off. I mean, he was telling the ref afterwards, like this guy, this rookie is out of control. You need to call some fouls on him because, and, and he got some fouls on Zaire Williams. But yeah, I mean, I think look, it's matchup to matchup. It's is Draymond Green there? Is he not there? But last night, I agree with you. I mean, they were at their best when it was it was Steph Curry on ball. I don't even think it's a steady diet. I just think against some teams, they just have to change how they think. And I think Memphis. It's just one of those teams, especially if the game is close. You know they're going to get a high percentage shot with Ja. Last two minutes, he's just going to find however he can to get anywhere in the paint, and he's just going to jump higher than everybody <laughs> and, and get a shot off. Like, you know that. So you, you just got to have a counter. Like you, that To me, that's why what was good about that game, like, it's ten of them, right? But they they've got to figure they got to figure out where they're gonna go to get a bucket in the games. And whatever happened before it doesn't matter because now you have Clay, and that's gonna be definitely one of the places you go to get a bucket. The answer for it is there, but you know the Memphis game to me exposed what the question was, and it's like how are you gonna get a bucket in the fourth? They don't lob to the big guy, you know. What's the last lob? Their lobs all go to GP two, who, who looks like a all big GP guy when he's been, yeah. But they don't have that big guy setting the pick. Because you're not going to set the pick with GP2. 
but you don't have the big guy setting the pick, releasing, and then there's, you know, just throw it up and he goes up and grab me. You know what I mean? It's James Wiseman. But, you know, they just, they don't have that action at the moment. JaVale McGee, you know, we, we've seen it with some other guys and it just isn't there for them. You know, how many times are they forcing it into Looney? I know they got to get it in there to, to get the split a, split action going. But I feel like it's like, why are you trying to this dangerous pass to go Von Looney? But turn it over, TK, yes. trying oh, to force yeah, it to Looney. Absolutely. He's like, I get it. I mean, you know, you, you look and go, okay, what's he going to do? Well, yeah, because it starts their split action. That's what they got to get him the ball down low so Steph can set the, the, set the screen up top. And that's what creates the action. But you also feel like... Man, I would not risk anything trying to get the ball to Kevon Looney. I just wouldn't do that. And yet they do it all the time. All the time. Like hey, but they got one the layup out of it, though. Yes. They got Looney's one layup having a it. career year, and this guy's <laughs> coming on here. Oh, I would God. not do anything to get Looney the ball. 18, 18 rebounds or whatever the hell it was last game. He was fantastic. He was shot out of a can. That did not occur last night, though. He was not shot. He was shot out of a of a pop gun uh, last night. He just didn't have any. He didn't have it last night. But it happens. Let's take into a uh, let's, let's dip into a rotation sensation. Old school rotation. Who's gonna be the closing lineup? Like everything, everybody healthy. What's your closing lineup? Oh, it's Draymond at center, as it always is. Iguodala. No wicked. Wiseman. You just no, got this not closing, not closing. I'm just saying another action. Wiseman. Needs to get on the basketball yes, floor and yes, take some yes. contact for the first time in 10 months. I'm saying, like, start of the fourth quarter, that's when you have James Wiseman instead of a dead period. But it would be this traditional. It would be the traditional one with Wiggins in the Durant spot. It's Draymond, Iguodala, Wiggins, Clay, Steph. There's your, there's your closing. So you're going with Iguodala? Yeah. I mean, Port, you could go Porter there. You could, yeah, I you would could, go Gary Gary Payton. I'm going to yeah, too. That's, that's a spot where you could flip it. But... Those four and Draymond's the center. They're just better with Draymond's the center. Things happen faster. Uh, the ball moves. They've got better spacing. Uh, Looney almost never closes anyway. So why not have Draymond as your center? You know, they were playing, you know, Andre slash Porter at center at, at points last night just because Looney wasn't playing great. Bielitsa wasn't playing great. JTA was not playing great. So they had, you know, they had to switch it up and they were doing fine. I mean, it wasn't great, but they were doing fine. That's your closing lineup. And, and Iguodala is the swing spot. You could even have Poole in that spot if you want some offense, if he's playing well. But other than that, Draymond's your center closing. I'm just saying Wiseman for some other action. I'm saying maybe Kaminga for some other action to get you to set up that spot and maybe less of some of the other players. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City, with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com 
slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, I know Kaminga last night. Did was we know knee, Slater? Knee, yeah, knee swollen. Bilateral knee soreness. He okay. played the night yeah, before. In, they played in actually Mississippi, which was kind of weird. Uh, they flew in. Most of the team went to James Wiseman's uh high school jersey retirement in east memphis but coming why does this Moody always happen in memphis didn't they go ian clark last time yeah because they got a lot of players that have played in memphis that's why no but, never milwaukee uh, oh no looney they did go to looney's in yeah, milwaukee, absolutely right? that was a big deal that was a big deal moody and um Kaminga went down to mississippi right across the border it was like 15 minutes away from memphis and Kaminga did not play well in the G League, and Moody had 37. And I think that's why you saw Moody last night. And I, you know, I guess some knee soreness, bilateral knee soreness, I believe, means both knees were were sore. So that's why Kaminga didn't play last night. I mean, I saw him; he's walking around fine post game. I saw him pregame, like you know, doing stuff with the training staff. So it, it doesn't sound serious, but he he sat last game. They could have used him. They could use a little bit of that. Exactly, what I was gonna say to you. That's a game where it's like, yo, Kaminga, get in there and just be an athlete and big. Like go go make the Memphis has got a ton of those guys, right? They just guys that yeah, run do. around. They're aggressive. They go to the hoop. They can you know hit a shot. They got some more guys who can like stop and hit a shot than the Warriors do. Well, you know, obviously the Warriors have the top end of that, but you know the, this Milton and like they just have guys who can just, like Ty take Jones hit. was, Ty was, was, was I mean, yeah that was, he killed them yeah like just guys who can take two dribbles stop and go up. I mean, last that transition season, three he, was ball game. It's like Grayson Allen last season. He's not on the team this season, but like they get guys who are very limited in what they do, but they can do like three things. They can play tough D. They can, you know, they can defend. Uh, they can dribble a little bit, and they can t- take two dribbles and hit a shot. Again, limited. You're not going to pick them to win a championship. Jaw has to do a ton around all that, but they got some guys, and it makes it tough. Desmond Bain had a bad game last night, but he's a good player. Like they have some interesting players that just seem uniquely able to screw around with the Warriors. Hey, the Warriors have beat them, you know, when they really wanted to beat them. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I like some of their players. Like, if you mix that, like, that could be a nice, like, you know, who would the Warriors like on that team? They'd take a couple players on that team and plug them in. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. And Kaminga could be one of those guys. Maybe Moody could be one of those guys. He wasn't so great last night. But, you know, again, it's tough for him just to be popping back in and out. But I like Memphis. They're just, they just do some things. And, you know, they get guys who are just willing to step in and take shots. And they've beaten the Warriors before. It's it's tough. And, you know, and Dylan Brooks is one of their best players in didn't play. I like Memphis as a frisky second round matchup, but this idea that they are the biggest rival awaiting them in the West playoffs, I don't agree with. I like Phoenix more. I might even like Utah more. I don't. I, I just I, I like them as a tr- as a tricky a trick the trickiest one out there. I just want there. some barbecue, yeah. man. That's, That's it. more than Phoenix. Yes, more than Phoenix. Yes. Really? Yes. I just think Phoenix they can go. They they beaten they beaten Phoenix. They can beat. They just, I think they feel comfortable. They beat Memphis. I don't think they'd lose to Memphis in the series, but I do think Memphis will give them a tough time. But Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix is a better team. Phoenix is a better team. I'm Phoenix not saying Phoenix. Beat them in I just think Phoenix, in a, in a unique way, is not quite the same mental matchup. They're better. Like they're way more talented. Chris Paul, all that on DeAndre Ayton. I just think Memphis makes it tough for the Warriors to get in their offense. Like again, you know, the Warriors 
like to, what six seven passes per possession well each one of those is a chance to throw it away and Memphis highlights that each time. Like, the, if you want to do five passes to get into your thing, that's fine. We're going to get one, one of, of them. Yeah, one yeah. of them, we're going to just gonna flick away, and we're going to go dunk on the other side. Like, this is probably the most dunks the Warriors have given up in a game this season, probably by a lot. And and there's a you – know, usually it's a timeout, right? If somebody dunks on the Warriors, Kurt, timeout, we got to talk about it. <laughs> you couldn't do that this time because there's like seven of them. I just like I – mean, I don't want to overstate it. We're probably overstating it, but that, that's just a tough thing. Nah, you ready. You want to get to Blue City Cafe. That's all. <laughs> well, I would definitely get some ribs there. Let's go. I was there last Let's night, go. actually. Oh, nice. Nice. What was the order? What was the order? Uh, Watch. I got a, actually a gumbo there. It was pretty good. But Phoenix has the second-ranked defensive basketball. To me, they're better built for the playoffs. You saw it last year. Memphis, they're fun, but they're the 10th ranked defense in basketball they're hot lately moran is kind of the star of the moment but i just think phoenix is better all right go good phoenix beat writer anthony slater for the play no nah, phoenix <laughs> is definitely better <laughs> phoenix is more talented they got again they, they got the top end talent that is is very 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 they just great. have a diverse way of playing like they could play up tempo they could dump it down to eight and like they they have a counter i don't think if memphis is not hitting shots not getting out of the lane, not playing that kind of fast style. They 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 can't they can't beat anybody. Anybody, anybody. They just beat the Warriors. No, I mean, yeah, they did it because they were playing well. But if you in the series, if you say, all right, we're gonna take that away, or are they playing a team that doesn't turn the ball over, then it's like, or we're just gonna put okay. GP two on Morant all game long, the whole game. Yeah, right? That would for, work for a seven game series. Well, the problem for him, five fouls in however many minutes last night. Now, you guys were talking about Clay, obviously, after the first game, and I, I, I did not. I just want to throw in there. I thought I was listening to your podcast. I thought you guys made a great point. That I think Clay might be a small forward right now. I, I think that's he never guarded Morant last night. He didn't guard, you know, any of the, the Cleveland quick guys. He was on marketing last game in this game. Uh, was it Bain? And then it was, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it just, I don't think he can't do it, but I think he's essentially going to be. The second or third guy, yeah, he's just not going to guard those guys. They're not going to want to put him in that jeopardy. And he's so strong, like who, like he's guarding. You know, they're switching him onto centers. He's Jared kind Jackson, of a bully yeah, right now. Yeah, right? and Jared Jackson's not moving him. Like he's not moving Clay. So I think Clay's a small forward now, and you know it's fine. He's six six. It's just it's no problem for him to play small forward. I think they're going to have to work around that. It's just not going to be the same. You go get Lillard. You go get that. I think that. That day is kind of over. And Marcus, as you point out last night, like Wiggins was not great guarding Jaw. Like it's tough, right? It's really hard. Jaw did not have a problem with, with Andrew Wiggins. He, Wiggins has been really good against a lot of great players. In fact, he was pretty good against Wiggins, I think, in the playing game. But he's tough. And but that's their guy to guard the toughest perimeter player. It's not Clay anymore. And it's not gonna be, you know, unless he really shows something else. He's a small forward now. And that's okay. But I think they've kind of re- already made that adjustment. He's physical enough, man. You know, we were sitting courtside last night, and you mentioned the Jaron Jackson, you know, trying to post oh, up. Oh, they still got the courtside seats in Memphis? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. Slater oh, there. He was right, right there. It's great seat. It's great seat. I mean, he used to be, too, but I somebody theorized to me that he's in better shape than he's ever been physically, like, stronger. He looks bigger. Is he bigger? He looks bigger. Like he's playing like a really physical style. And I mean, getting, I mentioned getting to the rim earlier, taking contact, but just like, I, I maybe because he feels like maybe the speed has left him a little bit, even though he looks pretty, pretty quick out there. Actually, he is just really throwing his body around. You know, I kind of expected him to maybe ease himself into it. He's not. I mean, obviously, minute wise, he is, but he's like right in the mix. He was one of the most physical players on the court last night in a really physical game. I forgot who it was, but somebody 
dive down. I think it was Jaron Jackson, and it was Clay's rotation. And he dove, and Clay got to the spot, and he ran into Clay's chest. And that, Clay did not. <laughs> yo, he did not move. I was like, hey, look at Clay. He was down there like, let's go. Like, he did not move off the spot. It was wild. Also, post game, you know, where I was kind of talking to him on the way to the Zoom, and he was just like, I just feel good. He feels really like he wasn't tired at all. He felt like he could have. He's agreeing that he should only play 20 minutes, but you could tell he's like, physically, I could have played 30. He's like, I could have played 30. Like, I think they're going to up that to 25. Like, either give him an, another instead of just give him yeah, a second third stint. Yeah, give him a third stint. Yeah, give him a third stint, a half. Because right now it's two, five to start, five at the end. But, like, you give him a couple more minutes in there. By the way, uh, Steph played 39 minutes last night. Like, they went for it. They went for it. You know, like, he didn't play 40, but he played 39. It was weird. It looked like he was going to do the, the full quarter yeah, rest yeah, again. Yeah. But now it feels like he's doing in the first half, sit the end of the, the first, first, quarter, first quarter, start the second, right? Then pull you out in the middle of the second, and then the, the end of the third, pull you out in the middle of the fourth. They switched it up last night, again, because we were really close. to. The, he tried to take Steph out with three minutes left in the first, but Steph was at the line and kind of was like, eh, I'm feeling like, come on, I might have a rhythm coming. So he took Gary. Gary Payton came to the scorer's table with three minutes left, was pulled back. And then there was a time later, I believe it was the third, where Steph was starting to get going, and he, he sent, I think it was Poole to the scorer's table, and he had told him, for uh Steph and then Mike Brown came over whispered something in Kerr's ear and Steph had just had like two shots and he he said no Jordan get Wiggins actually it's kind of on the fly really it felt like it was easier to they do did have to try way. to get him out in the fourth or else he would have played 41 minutes but then they rushed him back in so it's 30 like way over what they normally play Steph which was interesting I thought Steph was, you know, not his greatest defensive game, but he's had such a great defensive season. It doesn't matter. I just think they have to have him on the floor. Like, they just have to have him on the floor while Clay is getting into gear and if Jordan Poole is not going to make shots. Like, this is just, they need him. I don't even know what his plus minus was, but, like, they need Steph Curry on the floor. And no Draymond. I just, like, he's shooting 38 from three right now. It's unbelievable. Like, I just never thought I'd see that. But it doesn't matter. They got to have two air balls, two air balls from the same spot, from the exact same spot, left wing. Yeah, that was wild. It was one. He set his feet. I think it might have been three. First half, he he did his little step back and he took an extra second. Like, okay, focus, <laughs> and then air ball. And I yeah. was like, whoa. Yeah, there's there's stuff going on. I just think it's hard harder for get him to get in rhythm when they're chasing him even off the ball. But this is a shooting stuff. Like this is, but they still need him on the court because. GP2, you know, JTA, like these guys don't score, Looney, they don't score at all unless it's off a step action, right? I mean, it's just, can you think of a time when they scored when it wasn't off a step action or, you know. Or Jordan Poole action, right? Jordan Poole action, yeah, they don't score on their own, not denigrating them as players. They're valuable in their own ways, but they don't score unless it's off of action. And, man, if it's against a very good defense or a defense like Memphis playing very well, you, you don't always get that action, and you need you, you got to have Steph out there. You just have to have Steph out there again, unless and until Jordan Poole plays a lot better than you know goes on a, on a long one. I don't know. Do you think the the new rotation screwing Poole up a little bit? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just that's an easy explanation for it. He did have that thirty two point night right before me and Marcus wrote that story that was like you know clearly he's he was just hooking ready. us up. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He must have been. And they said, okay. They wrote about me. They said, I'm great. I- I'm done. This is great. I just achieved everything I ever wanted to. I- Draymond said something interesting. He it was a few games ago, but I think it was the game before he had 32, but he didn't like Poole's aggressive, aggression level coming off the bench. It was more, he's like kind of floating into the game. And I think they maybe are trying to retrain him, you know, because look, he's the, the weird thing for him has been most of the year. It's like they've been trying to tell him ease into the game. You know, because you're next to Steph and Draymond, but then when Steph's off the court, that's go, when you go, really go, yeah, go, 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 go. Yeah. And now it's like they need to like reach out. I'm like, no, like m- minute one, you step on the court, go, because you are the the high energy bench score that it comes off the bench, supposed to inject life into the offense. He just hasn't really been. And defenses know it too. He's not driving as much. I mean, that's to me what where the best part of his season this year has been. He's been finishing at the rim so well. You know, he's playing with what Porter B elites. Uh... You know, those kind of guys, GP2 maybe, you know, it's just it's an interesting group and you got, you know, you have to develop some kind of chemistry. I don't, I, I they're keeping Clay away from all that right now. I don't know what, where Clay will be eventually when he's playing 25, 30 minutes a game, but you know, they're keeping Clay with Steph and Wiggins. Like that's just the way it's going to be. That second unit is a, is a definite work in progress. Yeah, and he will be in the second unit. The problem for them now is they're limited to 20 minutes. They're limited to five-minute spurts. You know you're going to start him, so there's the first five, and then they want to close him. So it's like he has to play the first five and last five. And those and are long gaps that he's out. Yeah. yeah. Well, he sits over there on the uh, he's on a bike yeah. the whole time. <laughs> it's long like long gaps he's out. We should talk about the Draymond injury because clearly it was something that was pretty significant where he – couldn't play in the clay game we all knew it then doesn't come on the road trip still back in the bay area working out his calf with celebrini doesn't sound like he's playing on this right like not likely to anyway steve said yeah well i mean asked last night he was like doubtful that he's coming at least to these i don't think they want him on a plane right i mean i just think that's part of it you don't want to put these guys on a plane and yeah it's, it's something to watch you know this is it's a player who's bounced around, you know, been taking a lot of lot of minutes and, and, and poundings in his career. And he plays a tough, tough position. He does so much. He's, he's active the entire time. Uh, he needs his explosion. He needs his, you know, dynamicism. And if he doesn't have it, it's like going to be tough. You got to be really careful. So I'm sure they're being super, 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 super careful just to make sure they don't, re- you know, aggravate it even more. But they're a different team without him. I mean, you know, we, we obviously that's obvious. We've said like for years, like when is it going to hit him? When when is his body going to start to break down? I'm not saying this is it. I'm just saying like these are little trace elements of something like oh, this is why this season is so important, right? The prime years of Steph and 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 Draymond, like you you want to maximize. This is why like this stuff begins to accumulate with players once they hit thirty, especially with big guys who who are in it a lot. And this is one reminder that this isn't going to go on forever, and they do need to be very careful with Draymond if they take three L's. On this road trip, they got to take three L's on this road trip to make sure Draymond's fine and then play him for that home. And maybe even be careful with him after that, but play him at home, play him on that seven-game homestand and see where he's at. He's only played in two of their last seven games because he went in protocols, came back out, had a hip issue, so he didn't play in New Orleans. And then now the calf, it's going to be at probably two of nine at least. It's just he's missing a chunk of time. And this is the the reformation process with Clay Thompson that's being stalled for sure. That's the concern. I, I actually think this is a good thing in the long run. Like, they, they're going to come home from this trip with 43 games, and Draymond will have sat out nine of them. And that, you know, 
you'll 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 you you gotta hope and from their perspective that they reap the reward with a fresher Draymond entering the playoffs. But the difficulty is like they need them with Clay. Like you need to start seeing how they're gonna formulate that. And the the the, the longer it takes for them to be on the floor together, the longer for them it takes to regain their rhythm. Plenty of time, plenty of time to do it, but it is something that complicates it, right? Whenever Wiseman is back, which I'm assuming was in a couple of weeks, you just kind of want him in there with Draymond. I wouldn't bet on seeing Wiseman before the All Star break. Okay, me okay. neither. I mean, and, and guess what? That's like a month. Yeah, yeah, you know, like the All Star break's not. But then when you start away. talking that, then it's going to be really hard to get him in the, in the rotation by the playoffs. It's going to be really hard. But that's know, what it yep, is. Yep. Man, you uh, just got through talking about how how terrible you think Looney is, and now you saying Wiseman can't. Get the whole season rides on Kevon Looney. What are you talking about? Uh, no, he's very valuable. He's very valuable. But I am allowed to say he didn't play a great game when he played. Game last I am allowed to say that. That that that's okay as long as I praise him when he's really good, and I do. And I and you know he still sets screens. He still like all that stuff they need him to do. He still does. It's just. They have all this action designed to get guys easy baskets. He gets the ball with three feet to the rim, and he can't convert. Like that, that's just that's Kevon Looney. That's always that's gonna be Kevon, Kevon Looney. Looney. So uh, speaking of which, uh, as much as you kill uh, Kevon Looney, apparently Slater kills Wiseman just as much. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going what I saw on social media. Slater, would you like to clarify our conversation that people seem to have taken way out of? Marcus, you dive deep too too deep into social media. I don't really know what you're talking about. You know, you got the tag. <laughs> I, nah, so yeah, nah, just we were talking last time about the, like how, you know, whether or not we could believe how true or accurate the, the hype was about Clay looking good and, you know, leading up to his thing. And so Slater, in a, in a way of kind of saying, yeah, the Warriors are honest, like, you and, you know, we can trust what they're saying because... For example, they're not feeding the same stuff about Wiseman. Me and Marcus are talking about like not the what is said in front of a mic. Yeah, yeah, we talking about like what we're hearing when we talk to people. So it's like, okay, yeah, you know, here's an example of where they're get, they're shooting straight. They're not just blowing smoke. Like we haven't heard that Wiseman is killing it. So and then you 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 add to that what we heard and what we saw. The point was. They usually tell the truth about stuff like that, or at least you can know the truth. It's not like you can get duped. Yeah, you get the reaction. Yeah, yeah, you get the reaction. You get the sense of the reaction. Yeah, I, I heard that, and and, and, so, I, and I, but I, it became respect, Slater's yeah, always know, killing Wiseman, and I respect it. I love <laughs> that Slater gave that example because many people wouldn't. Right? They would just say, "Oh yeah, you know, there are times when they're not as positive or whatever," and you don't give a name because you don't and you don't get in trouble that way. But this is specific and it's true. Like we heard the gushing about Wiseman beginning of last season. That was true. Like they felt great. Like this guy's dominating and it wasn't even in training camp, right? Because he didn't play training camp. It was the pre-training camp practices. They thought he was incredible. And that kind of preceded them getting him in the starting line because they thought he was looking so great. You know, again, I'm not talking to them as much as you guys are, but clearly that's, you know, it's fair to say we're not hearing the same sorts of things about Wiseman this time, which is not critic, which is, yeah, not criticizing him. You can, you can have, you can have a mind that says something like this is wild. This dude has been out for nine months, right? And also still think he's going to be pretty good. <laughs> like when he, when he does play, like the, the two things aren't mutually exclusive, I don't think. Well, look, we're nine months into it. They've been very, mixed messagey about his 
rehab and like you know obviously we were getting messages this summer that he was maybe going to be ready for training camp and remember he was going to be scrimmaging with clay and clearly they completely throttled back his you know i guess rehab process and again we all they've said on the record is like no setbacks it's just a tricky injury to come back from but you know again i'm not saying and i wasn't trying to intimate even in that podcast that he's playing in these scrimmages and looking horrendous and they're like oh no he's not good at basketball i'm saying like he's just physically not doing much you know he's still not yet doing contact the most i've seen him is do very light one-on-one post drills against kavon looney under the guy guide of like dehan yeah really close to the basket yeah, yeah yes and every time he starts to do anything a little bit strenuous they're like no no not yet james not yet james so it's just to me it's like you know he's just not been able to play basketball for a guy who we all know needs reps and that is the biggest thing to me like as we thought his rehabs first we thought he was going to be ahead of clay then we thought he was lined up with clay and now we're seeing clay thompson two games into his return looking really good and james wiseman has not at this moment been cleared for contact that's just after two major two major surgeries and yeah, although and they were saying Jaron Jackson, his were right? longer ago than than than, than Weissman. Yeah, they were saying Jaron Jackson. So he's but he's now behind the Jared, Yeah, he's behind the Jaron Jackson. Yeah, there's something you know, there's something there. There's a reason they're being so cautious with him, and I think he wants to be 100 percent too. Uh, but I, I do, yeah, that, like fans and readers have to be a little cautious about like trying to jump at everything. Like there's like. These are things we hear as reporters. It doesn't mean it's everything. It doesn't mean everybody thinks he's great or everybody thinks he's terrible. It's not one or the other. It's just within the context of things that are going. Clay Thompson was somebody, again, they were cautious with Clay, but they were very happy with the way it was working. 31-year-old, future Hall of Famer, it would make sense. Like He knows what he's doing. He knows the process. James Wiseman up and down and up and down, just like his career. He's up and down, maybe a little bit in in his rehab. That's okay. It's the way it happens. He's also seven foot one. He's a humongous human being. These, you know, torsion and flex and muscle strain. And still twenty. It's still still twenty. Something that is, you know, and huge. Yeah, he's a monster (laughs) and dynamic. Like he's, he got hurt right by falling down on a jump on a dunk. That's all okay. I I do think it's a measure of how much people want to see him, which is fine are eager to see him or eager to claim he's a star or a bust or whatever people do. But, and, you know, I think some of this is fueled also like Iguodala always talks about him, you know, Draymond brings him up. I don't know. Like the veteran, do you ask him about Clay? Go, Oh yeah, we got Wiseman coming too, right? You remember we got Wiseman coming too. Now, Steve doesn't do that as much, but like the players know that he's something like they know there is something here. So they are eager to see him, which I think builds to everything else. All, what the, your podcast you were saying, I think it was just that it just isn't on the level that they were feeling about Clay. That's fair. Like they really did feel good about Clay and they communicated it. That is not what they're communicating right now about Wiseman. That's okay. It's all within the context. I don't think it'd be that tough to get him in either, by the way. <laughs> I think when he gets in, as long as he can. Now, that whole starting and yeah, that's taking 20 happening. shots. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. But well, I you know, mean get... Clay. You mean Clay? No, not no. Wiseman. Wiseman, I, I mean, think not taking when, 20 when, shots. when he's available, there's a role for him waiting. Like, there's a use for him, I, I would think. Especially against the most athletic, dynamic, you know, teams that are just going to swarm everybody and you need a pressure release. JaVale McGee, real. I mean, his career should be more than 
JaVale McGee's, although JaVale's had a great career, but more but scoring. Great start. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the peak of JaVale's yeah. career. Yeah, this exactly. would be the start of Wiseman's. <laughs> but <laughs> that, just that role, if you could just limit that, winnow it down to just that role, screen, pass, defend, and be the, the valve of release on, on dunks. Shouldn't be that hard. I mean, you know, again, if he's physically up to it, there should be six minutes a half for that, right? Six minutes a half, just do that. We'll see. It's not. It's not time for it yet. Apparently, it's definitely time for more GP two minutes. Slater, have fun in Milwaukee. You go kick it with Jordan Poole's people or Kevon Looney's people. Go to Chicago. Paul Molitor's people. I don't know. Somebody in Milwaukee. Paul Molitor. I, I was actually somewhere in Milwaukee once, and he showed up. I saw. I think of that. I, I was eating lunch in Milwaukee on a road trip, and then Paul Molitor showed up. So it's like, oh, okay. I guess I really am in Milwaukee. So there you go. That's wow. That's a name. <laughs> Paul. That's a name. Slater. All right, until next week, you'll probably hear from me and Slater after one of these games. <laughs> Can we assign it to you now? How about whatever game Clay plays out of these two, which we should know soon that you do. All right, that, that, that sounds like a plan. Done deal. Done, done deal. Blood agreement. All right, until next time, we're out.